0: Hi, this is Kenny Albert. You're listening to the Broadway Hat Podcast with your host, Kyle Hall, the number one podcast for all things
1: Rangers hockey. Welcome back to the Broadway Hat Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hall, and the New York Rangers have clinched a playoff spot for the second consecutive season. They'll be playoff hockey at MSG. Thanks to some pretty good upsets tonight, the Montreal Canadiens beat the Buffalo Sabres and the Senators beat the Panthers, uh, so that helped the Rangers clinch a playoff spot, although they probably would have clinched in the next couple of days here. Uh, but hey, no matter what, the Rangers are in the postseason, and uh, that's all you can ask for. And thanks to the Rangers' red-hot run, now 8-1-1 in the last 10 games, and the New Jersey Devils faltering a little bit, 4-4-1, uh, or sorry, 4-4-2 in the last 10, and a loss tonight on the island for the Devils. The Rangers are just four points back now, New Jersey, sitting there. They have the Columbus Blue Jackets coming to MSG tonight, so a very winnable game tonight, setting up a major, major game at the Prudential Center Thursday night. Rangers-Devils. The Rangers can get to 100 wins, catch the Devils in the standings. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. The Rangers can catch the Devils after... The slow start the Rangers had, the incredible start, record-setting start the Devils had. I mean, it'd be pretty incredible. And uh, obviously, these two teams are look, pretty almost locked in to this is going to be the first-round matchup. If the Rangers can get home ice here, I think obviously you want to get that home ice advantage. And Patrick Kane today, after practice, was saying... You know, you don't want to limp into the playoffs. You want to go in the playoffs hot. You want to go in the playoffs strong. Right now, the Rangers are hot. They're strong. This team is gelling together. You know, obviously, it took a little bit, and it's going to take a little bit for any time you add some guys to the team. Obviously, Patrick Kane took, you know, I said that date was it the ninth or whatever it was? After all those practices all came together, and that's when they started getting red hot. You know, going to the playoffs now, the Rangers aren't going to have the luxury of sitting guys, so they're gonna be playing their playoff roster their entire way through because of salary cap issues. They can maybe rest a guy here and there because they have um, Harper as your seventh skater. So you know, can Ryan Lingering get some extra rest as he's battling his injuries that keep on coming back? You know, obviously he's a guy to watch if he's gonna be able to stay healthy the entire postseason. Uh, but you know, Harper's a guy who can fill in here and there. Give him a rest, maybe give Fox a game. You know, he can they can get a couple defensemen, Truba a game here and there. Get them some rest on the stretch. But for the most part, the Rangers are playing their playoff roster, which is good and bad. One, injury could happen, knock on wood, hopefully doesn't. But two, the good part is is this is the team that you're going in full speed with. And they're going to the playoffs full speed. So I think that's an advantage for the Rangers. And uh obviously the Devils have had an outstanding season. Have not, you know, have been too great of late. Got beat up pretty you know not beat up pretty good. they have let up a couple of antenna goals against the Islanders, but you know the Islanders were, I thought by far the better team. I watched the game on Monday night, and uh, I I don't know. I just think the Rangers. You know that'll the series right now. The season series is two to one New Jersey. They had a bad overtime loss against against the Devils, where they had a uh, three to one lead and gave that up in the third period. It tied up and lost in overtime. The Rangers have given some games away to New Jersey, so it, this is an important game. I think not only for them standing wise but mental wise. You know this is. If they can go into the potential, get a win, I think that sets them up great for the playoffs. And, uh, you know, when you look at the roster, the New Jersey's a young team, and the Rangers were a young team last year. So the Rangers need to be able, be able to build an experience from last year. And I think the goaltending swings to the Rangers. I think Igor right now has been playing fantastic. And uh, Van Chak and crew over there have been, you know, not too great of late. So I think the Rangers have a little advantage there. But the Rangers have to keep up the Devils' speed. That's the most important thing. That's something the Rangers have struggled with this season against them. The Devils are so fast, and the Rangers have to be able to get up to that level. Obviously, the Rangers' defense, Lingren, Fox, and Truba are not world beaters with skates. And, and McCullough, not either. They're not the fastest guys. Um, you know, Keandre Miller and Braden Schneider can keep up with them. But they have to uh, really be able to slow the, the Devils down if they have won any chance in that playoff series. So we'll see. Thursday night, big matchup there. And, uh, you know, the Rangers can get to 100 points uh, Thursday night. It'll be the first time since they went three in a row, was starting in 2015, uh, where they went three seasons in a row with 100 points. And before that, you have to go back to the early 1970s where they had 100 wins in a row and consecutive seasons. So they're doing something that the Rangers franchise has not done a lot, and that's putting together two monster seasons back-to-back and this is a team, like I said early in the season, there was question marks the Rangers would get to the playoffs after the start they had. But now here we are, even though they're third in the division. I mean, they're going to have almost a well into one hundred wins, one hundred points for the season. And uh, you know, again, with nine games left to play, there's a possibility for eighteen points out there. I'm not saying the Rangers could get eighteen points, but you know, the, there's a lot of opportunity out there. You have Columbus Tuesday night, you have New Jersey Thursday, then. A busy weekend Friday night at Buffalo, and then Saturday Saturday a one p.m. game on TNT uh, at Washington. So a couple of busy games this week. Next week you get Tampa coming in. You're going out to St. Louis for one last road trip to St. Louis and Columbus, and they close out the season back at MSG to get ready for the playoffs. So um, it's getting close. April is almost here. The mid April mid April playoffs are almost here, and uh, it's very exciting. Very very exciting we got a great guest this week. We're joined by uh Chicago Blackhawks reporter for both th- uh, the fourth period and Bleacher Nation. Tab Bramford joins us. He uh, does a great job covering the Hawks, but also um, I know of his work through his uh, love for Steve Larmer, who I love as well. And uh, we both feel he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame and have his number retired there in Chicago. So that's how I started following him. But he does a fantastic job covering the Hawks. We talk about... The Kane deal, how difficult that was for Kane to leave Chicago. His relationship with the city of Chicago still. And, uh, you know, are our, our Blackhawk fans rooting for the Rangers because of the trade conditions? They want to see Kane win. You know, what's how's that franchise trending in, in the future? And, uh, and this is some great stuff. And obviously we talk about the connection to the 94 team, Mike Keenan. Um, you know, of, of course, Steve was on the team. But I think there's four or five other Blackhawks that ended up winning the Stanley Cup that year with the Rangers. Following, obviously, the big trade of Matteo and Newton at the trade deadline, which led to one of the greatest moments in Rangers history with Matteo scoring the double OT game winner there against the New Jersey Devils to send the Rangers to the Stanley Cup in 1994. So, great stuff with him. But before we, send our, before we send it to our interview tab, I do want to tell you about our sponsors over at Kunzuri. Fellas, have you ever wished you were a little bit taller? Maybe you matched on Tinder and her profile said must be six feet tall. Maybe your date wears heels and you just can't because you're just not or she just can't cause you're just not tall enough. Well, Short Kings today's sponsor has you covered. Konzori makes shoes that make you up to 2.8 inches taller without anyone noticing. Look, girls get heels, makeup and push-up bras. Why can't men get a boost in confidence as well? We're all the same height laying down, if you get what I mean. For a limited time offer, our listeners can get up to 15% off every order when your code Broadway at kanzuri.com. The site is already 30% off, so with our code, you save an extra 15% off. That's 45% off your entire order. You're basically getting these shoes for free. So make sure you go show the support to the show and go check out Konzori.com. That's c-o-n-z-u-r-i.com, and use the code Broadway. Listen, if you can get a little extra edge in the dating game, I'm out of it way now. I don't even want to think about getting to a dating game ever again. Uh, but listen, if you're in there, you're looking for uh, make a good impression, Uh, Or maybe you're taking a a picture with some of your guys at home. Listen, all my friends at home are over six feet tall, so uh, maybe the next group shot I have to get these shoes on to make sure that I can fit in a little bit. They don't have to uh, (laughs) adjust the lens at all. But make sure you go on there, check them out. Not only does conservative shoes make you up to 2.8 inches taller, but they're also incredibly stylish and comfortable. These are not all-man shoes. They're not Velcro shoes. They're not ugly, ugly shoes. You'll get compliments in them. Even if they don't even make you taller, you get compliments no matter what. They have styles for every occasion, smart, casual, sporty, you name it, they got it. The height insoles are actually built into the shoe, so no one can tell that you're hiding some secret height boosts in there. The brand is also hidden on the shoes and the packaging, so it's literally the ultimate height hack. Life short, you don't have to be. It's time to level up the playing field, my guys. Maybe update that dating profile to six feet, Conzori is an absolute game changer for you in your dating life and your ring life in general. So make sure you go on the website, use our discount code Broadway, save that 15% off. You get the 45% off total. Like I said, it's basically free, so make sure you go check it out. Conzuri.com, C-O-N-Z-U-R-Z-U-R-I.com, and make sure you use that code BROADWAY TODAY. We're now joined by a very special guest. He covers the Chicago Blackhawks for Bleacher Nation and the Fourth Period. Tab Bamford, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Hey, great to be with you.
1: so exciting things are happening in Chicago you guys are going through a rebuild and exciting things are happening in New York as we were the beneficiaries of that rebuild by getting Patrick Kane um first off you've been covering the Blackhawks for a very long time now they've gone through their dynasty run what's the general consensus around the team right now
0: oh boy um well I think there's a there's um There are factions within the media base that covers the team. There are factions within the fan base. Uh, and those are, are kind of similar. I think that there are fans that hate the idea of being terrible uh, with a purpose and trading away guys like Alex DeBrinkett and Kirby doc. And then ultimately guys like Max Domi and Patrick Kane, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> There are media members who loathe the idea of being bad with a purpose. Um, And there are people who get it. Um, And in Chicago, I think that there's really no excuse for not getting it because uh, less than a decade ago, for the first time in 108 years, we celebrated the Cubs winning a world series after doing effectively the same thing. Now, Not to the degree you weren't trading away uh, a player who will be arguably the greatest, I would say already is the greatest American born player in NHL history and arguably the greatest player in Blackhawks history in Kane, uh, though I would still put Stan Makita at one and uh, Kane at two. Um, That's still painful, but I, I think you have to understand in where we're at now that there are realities in professional sports that we need to own as fans and media and organizations. And unless you draft and develop annually well or just good enough, and when you do trade, you, you, you hit on more than you miss, you're going to have to do something drastic. And you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins right now, and I, I think that they probably dragged it a year or two too long. Uh, with their with their core, um, and they're probably going to have some really hard conversations this summer about, you know, what we're doing with guys like Malkin and Latang. I I don't think Sid ever in a million years goes anywhere, but I think with guys like Latang and Malkin, I think you, you have really tough conversations coming. And Chicago had to have that with Patrick Kane, and so um, look. I think there's a there's a lot of larger context that went into kind of where we are today with uh, the um, the the disagreements between Joel Quinville, he was the head coach, and Stan Bowman, the general manager. Um, that was a civil war that was ultimately won by Bowman. Uh, Bowman then lost his job. I would submit probably three years later than he should have because of the. Kyle Beach sexual assault situation uh, cover-up. And, again, he should have lost his job based on performance as the general manager three years sooner. For covering that up, everybody involved should have lost their jobs uh, about 12 years earlier. Um, But you've got a young guy in his mid-30s who comes in as a first-time GM and is asked to hire a new head coach and burn the thing to the ground. And I think that he's done a great job. And the first thing that he needed to do was get the head coaching hire right. Uh, And I couldn't be more confident that they nailed it with Luke Richardson, uh, a guy who spent 20 years in the league, who is respected everywhere in the National Hockey League uh, by media, players, fans alike, just all class. And he gets it. He came in with his eyes wide open that this was going to be a long, hard year. And I would argue that this roster has overperformed what got on the ice. Yeah, they're third from the bottom in point percentage. But when you watch them play every night, this isn't a team that's just going up to the rink and cashing their game checks. Uh, This isn't a team that's going through the motions and looks like they need a cocktail by the end of the second period, which it was the year before in Chicago when Stan Bowman had cap space for the first time in a decade and spent like a drunken sailor on guys like Seth Jones and Marc-Andre Fleury um, and traded a bunch of stuff that probably didn't help the situation and further push the need to rebuild. But I, I, I appreciate what they're trying to do. I like the foundation, the building blocks that they have. I think that they've drafted really well. I appreciate that they're trying to really intentionally let guys marinate in the minors and in junior in college. Um, but it's a, it's, it's a long, painful season. Um, and the hope is that one long, painful season leads to one less painful, slightly less long season. Uh, and then soon you've got playoffs and some excitement again in the barn. But for right now, um, this season has been a, a long one to watch and cover.
1: Yeah. I mean, Hey, listen, the Rangers went through the rebuild a little bit faster, probably than the Blackhawks are looking at. Well, it okay. helps
0: when Adam Fox falls in your lap for yeah, what, a couple you know, second Adam, round
1: picks. <laughs> Adam Fox wants to play there. Our Tony Panarin wants to play there. You know, the New York still has that free agent, you know, field tour. Where people won't to play there, but Hey, listen, there was a couple of rough seasons there for the Rangers, but uh, Patrick Kane, uh, it was the worst kept secret in hockey that he wanted to come to the Rangers. Uh, the rumors started pretty much last year that, you know, New York was interested and there was a mutual interest there. And obviously, you know, the whole back and forth, he was, to come out around Christmas time and no decision happened and he waited. Rangers got Tarasenko. He got upset, which I don't think I've ever seen a player come out and say, like, I'm pissed off that another team made a trade. <laughs> that wasn't me. Uh, and then finally he ends up in New York. What what was the consensus around Blackhawk fans there? Cause I saw that, you know, his jersey was selling out in the team store even after he was traded. Um, you know, there there's still so much love there for him, it seems like in Chicago.
0: Yeah, and I think that there probably will be forever. And, you know, story comes out, you know, a couple weeks ago after the trade that he bought a nice expensive house in one of the more affluent suburbs north of the city, right before this season started. So there are a lot of fans that are burning the candle for him to come back. Uh, and in, in a reference that New York and Chicago fans can appreciate, basically be for you guys what a role as Chapman was for the Cubs uh, and be a rental for a few months to get a ring and then go back to where he, he was before the deadline. Um, I, was, I was in the room when he expressed his disappointment that he hadn't been traded yet, but... What made that so fascinating was you could tell all along how torn he was about whether or not he actually ever wanted to leave and mitigating the reality of, this is the last year of my contract and um, it's probably best for everybody involved if I go try to win a cup somewhere and get some assets back for this organization. But it's tough. And I think that some of that was amplified by, unfortunately, Jonathan Taves being away from the team uh, from the end of January on uh, because of medical issues. And for a long time, you know, really the first 55% of the season, you really kind of had one of the two of them maybe once a week doing the dance with the cameras and the microphones saying, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. And you know, I love playing here, and this has been home for half of my life. And you know, the standard stock answers. But when Taves took a step away to to deal with his health situation, and as you got closer to the deadline, and then Kane actually said it at one point when one of the media relations folks from the Blackhawks slipped up and and said, "Last question for Jonathan," because with the na- the nature of the dressing room, he was standing in front of Tave's locker and looked up at the name tag and just had a brain fart, but we all had a good laugh at it, and and Kane kind of laughed it off. He was like, yeah, it'd be nice if he could answer some of these too. You know, not taking a shot at Captain, but Kane kind of had to wear the last month before the deadline completely on himself, and that's, that's not easy, and I, I know from talking to guys around the club that You know, he was, he he did his best to be the same old Patrick Kane on the ice and in the room every day. But when you look at the path that these young guys take to get to the National Hockey League, it's not, grew up in Buffalo, was in Buffalo until he was 18, and then he got drafted. This is a kid that went and played junior. You know, he was in Michigan for a while, then he was in London, Ontario. You know, you bounce around a lot. So the reality is Patrick Kane spent probably more time in Chicago than he has in any other place in his life. And the idea of pulling the plug on that, especially when you're, you know, just starting a family, you got a young son who's showing up at games finally for the first time. You're able to have that like family moment. Uh, and then, you know, you're dealing with, I guess, career mortality, uh, that's really tough. And so while he was disappointed, you could tell that. He was disappointed because it, it kind of felt like he thought that he'd be able to make the decision, and it would still be available, which it ultimately was. Um, but I think that definitely he and I think everyone else, except maybe a, a, you know, a couple people that were playing with the numbers in the in the finance room with the Rangers, uh, when he went on a heater there the last week and a half or so that he was with the Blackhawks, uh, I think everybody thought that it was just assume that it was a done deal when Tarasenko went to the Rangers because they got their right wing, they spent their money, leave a little wiggle room to fix anything else if you have an injury, uh, you know, if you need some depth somewhere else, go grab a center. You know, I, I, I wrote in a couple places that, you know, back in October when Jonathan Taves showed that he could still be the one of the best faceoff guys in the league, that maybe Taves was a better fit than Kane in New York. Just when you look at what the Boston Bruins are down the middle, Um, Having, you know, uh, some additional help at the dot might have been a good idea. But when you look at what Kane was here and what this place was to him, yeah, you know, it was dang near impossible for him to make that decision. But once he actually got there, um, I think he was able to have some peace with it. And, you know, that first game, getting off the plane, throwing a jersey on, seeing Panarin again. You know, probably a little awkward, a little surreal for him, but it seems like he's getting comfortable. And again, you're welcome because uh, a motivated, healthy, and ready to go Kane is absolutely a game changer. And I think you guys are starting to see some flashes of a guy that still has a little tread on the tire that some people may have said wasn't there anymore when he was struggling earlier this year.
1: Yeah, I, like you said, he caught fire there at the end with Chicago, kind of like a hey, I can still play to the league. And uh, I think, you know, between that and the Rangers somehow finagling the cap playing with, like, you know, 12 guys one game, you know, because they're trying to get on the cap. All for Kane, it's, it's it's worth it because he first couple of games were slow, obviously. You get to a new team, it's obviously, an adjustment. But he's been great recently. He's got eight points in his 12 games in New York. Um, you know, he's getting more comfortable on the ice. And like you said, I mean, the playoff performances that he's put on in his career are incredible. And uh, to have well, him well, on – you know, I
0: really, I... Real quick, I, I think what did it for him was the Hawks went on like a, I think it was a three or four game trip through Canada, and they went up to Toronto, and uh, Kane had had one of his worst games of the season in Toronto, and then they had a couple nights off in Canada before they I, I think they went to Ottawa, and he was in Canada and got to hear and see. And read all of Canada. This guys washed. <laughs> Worth the picks that Chicago wants. And you know this is back when, like you know Carlo Colicchio was saying, yeah, he only wants to go to the Leafs or the Rangers. And then you know, four days later, Kane's like, yeah, the Leafs were never in the mix. So good for you. Um, but I, I, I he is a he's a proud player. He's an elite player. He's an all time great. Not washed, and I think having a couple days to listen to and see and hear all the big markets in Canada crapping on him, it was like, Okay, you think that's what '88 is right now? Okay, let's do a little dance here. When I had a couple points against Ottawa, four days after the flush twice game in Toronto, Toronto came to Chicago and he dropped a hat trick on him, and the Blackhawks beat the Leafs after they were the largest underdogs. I think it was in the recorded history of NHL gambling for the game that he, he was so bad. So I think it was just a matter of, he was pissed off. Again, if you've got a motivated player with his skill and his character and his prestige, that's a dangerous proposition. And uh, I think once with the Rangers, once he got that first practice under his belt and was able to, spent some time actually getting to know tendencies and guys not in at game speed. Uh, it certainly helped him settle in. So, um, look, the guy's been a big game performer his entire career. So, uh, putting him on the biggest stage in New York is just going to be a lot of fun for him. And I think hockey fans in general to watch, because, uh, I think the league's a better place when the original six are all relevant. And this year you're going to have, uh, most of them, with the exceptions of Detroit, Chicago, and Montreal, though I think we've gotten a little used to Detroit not being in it uh, as they try and come back from their long eyes run, as we like to call it. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but uh, but I think with, with where Toronto, New York, and, and Boston are at, it's a really exciting time for the league because all three of them could very easily win a Stanley Cup this year. And Boston's the only one that didn't benefit from the Blackhawks selling at the deadline, so. We'll see if we have some post-Blackhawks uh, love in a parade at some point.
1: Now, how big – obviously, part of one of, the, one of the conditions of the trade with Kane is that your second-round pick turns into a first if the Rangers make the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, are Blackhawk fans not going to jump on the Rangers bandwagon now?
0: You know, I, I think that there, there was going to be a part of the Blackhawks fan base that was kind of in that mindset anyway. Um some that actually root against the, the Rangers just because they want to burn the second in a draft that has probably, you know, depending on which scouts you talk to, between forty and sixty guys that might have a first round grade. Um, you know, that if that stays a second round pick this year, the Blackhawks would have six of the top sixty four picks in the draft. Uh two in the first and four in the second. And if you're rebuilding, I don't need to tell you that, you know, again, unless Adam Fox falls into your lap. Um <laughs> You know, having that much draft capital is certainly a, a great way to energize a rebuild and, and inject a lot of skill and talent, and this is a great draft to have it. So, uh, But I, th- I do think that they're – look, the Blackhawks and the Rangers have had a really long history of doing business. Um, it isn't Detroit. It isn't Montreal. I don't think that there's been some of the – hatred between rangers fans and, and hawks fans it seems like it's always just kind of been okay between mm-hmm. the two sides um you know, and, and if if kane can give you know certainly he's a much higher profile ad than Mateau was but if kane can give you a moment like Matto did uh, almost 30 years ago uh, I think that Rangers fans would probably sign up for
1: it. No, please sign uh, up for it, of course.
0: Which, I mean. you know, and again, you know, what did the Blackhawks get for Stefan Mateau? They got Tony Amante, who was a really nice player here for for a, a minute. So uh, it it wouldn't be the first or the last time that the Rangers and Blackhawks did business. I've always, watching the Rangers, they've always kind of been my 1B uh, outside of the Blackhawks. Uh, if I, you know, one of those, if, if you've got a, if you're in the West, you got to have an Eastern conference team to cheer for. Uh, and for me, it's kind of always been the Rangers. So if they can, uh, if they can get it together, I think that there'll be, a, I think there are a lot of fans that just love what Patrick Kane's meant to the organization would love it if he went and got another ring. And if that means the Hawks get another first at some point down the road. Cool. Cause I mean, I don't have to tell you, you know, we look at what the cap situation has been at times here in Chicago and the Rangers have got some really tough decisions of their own coming this summer. And so I'll first rounder in a year or two, because I think there was a, what a lottery protection on it in the first year, if it converts to a first. Yeah. So that might end up sliding all the way into being a, a you know, an unprotected 25. Um, but, uh, but the Rangers have got some really tough decisions coming this summer because they, it isn't like they've got a lot of wiggle room to start with. And I, I think that they're going to have to move heaven and earth to figure out how to keep Keandre Miller. So.
1: Oh, so um, they need to.
0: So, they need to. Yeah, I think he. I, I think he's a dog, and I, I think that he's he should be a priority. And if that means Lafreniere leaves, you know, God bless number one overall pick. But you know, you move a third line forward to keep a, a rock star top pair defenseman in, in my mind. So, anyway, um, but yeah, I think that there will be a lot of Blackhawks fans that are cheering for the Rangers uh, and Patrick Kane as as they chase, uh, you know, erasing you know thirty year almost thirty year cup drought.
1: Where is Kane in in, in uh Blackhawks uh, you know, where where is he in like that legacy? Like where does he rank to to have most Blackhawk fans? Is he the greatest Blackhawk of all, of all time or where does he rank now?
0: There are a lot of fans and media folks who say he's number one. Um I certainly can appreciate that argument. I for me, I you know, I personally have Stan Makita still at number one because he's got most of the the record still from games played to to points, but for me it, it's a one a one b really, uh, and then you start having conversations about you know where Dennis Savard, uh, Jonathan Taves, Pierre Palat, Doug Wilson, uh, Bobby Hall, where a lot of those guys come in. Um, you know, with a lot of those guys, there are on and off ice issues that that may influence. People's perceptions of the individual versus just the back of the hockey card. Um, but for me, if you're putting a Mount Rushmore together for the Blackhawks of just skaters, uh, Kane's Kane's on it. There's really no question in my mind uh, that Stash, uh, Stan Makita and Patrick Kane are the first two faces that you put on a skater Mount Rushmore for the Chicago Blackhawks.
1: Now Kane's number 88 will most likely be retired, but I got to talk to you about on the guy. We both love him. We've actually both have interviewed him recently. Steve Larmer, who uh, came over to the Rangers from the Blackhawks, had a legendary career there in Chicago, uh, top five all time scorer there in Chicago. How his his number not retired yet there?
0: Well, sometimes you can spend a long time married to somebody. And if the divorce is that ugly, you just never want to think about him again. But uh Look, this things did not end in a in a between Larmer and the Blackhawks. You know, he infamously ended his uh, one of the longest consecutive games played streaks uh, by telling him that he wanted a a contract, and when they said that they wouldn't pay him, he said he he wouldn't wear the the jersey again, and he actually did it. Um, But it it seems to me that. Whatever ice there may have been between the two sides has thawed a bit. Uh, you know, the Blackhawks had a have a Legends Cup that they have uh, every year, where they have a bunch of old players come through and play. You know, a, a an old timers series with four teams, and they just did that over this past weekend. And uh, Larmer was one of the guys that was in town for that. So. Uh, The captains of the four teams were Savard, Chris Chelios, Andrew Shaw, and Steve Larmer, and Team Shaw defeated uh, Team Larmer in the championship game. Um, But, no, look, when you look at the numbers that he put up uh, and when you remove the guys who have eclipsed him since, uh, most notably Patrick Kane, uh, and the fact that it took that long to catch up to him and, and where he still stands today, Uh, In the history of the franchise, there's really no good reason that he uh, has not had his number retired. I think most fans and even media members understand that that's just something that needs to be gotten over between ownership and itself, pretty much. Um, And if it's a matter of, you know, he needs to be in the Hall of Fame to have his number retired, um, you know, that's a whole other soapbox for me to get on because I, I would argue that he should be in the Hall of Fame as well. You know, the Hockey News when Marion Hosa got to a 1,000 points actually made the comparison between Marion Hosa and Steve Larmer. Um, you know, if Larmer's not in the Hall of Fame, how is Hosa going to be in the Hall of Fame? Which obviously Hosa played for a few more years and went in easily. But if the Blackhawks are going to retire Marion Hosa's number after you know, obviously a, a more significant banner raising relationship, but not certainly the longevity and production level that Larmer was Um, you know if they're going to hang 81 in the banners then 28 should be there as well Uh, and the the funny thing about that is not only is it a comp and the reason that I loved watching Hossa play is because he reminded me of Larmer and just the all-around plays every inch of the ice with the same tenacity coach but in his speech at the retirement ceremony uh hosa admitted that and he admitted in his book that when he came over to north america as as a youngster to play in a tournament uh the family that he stayed with offered to buy him his first hockey jersey of an nhl player and it was it was steve larmer (laughs) that was the guy that he he wanted the jersey of so kind of a perfect full circle here but yeah there's really no good reason that larmer's number isn't retired and again you know if Patrick Kane can serve the Rangers as well as Larmer did. Uh, you know, I, you go back and watch the, the final, I think, what was it, 42 seconds that he and Messier were on the ice uh, mm-hmm. as, as they closed out the, the Stanley Cup championship, uh, just blocking shots and grinding people. And a couple people pointed out that, you know, a, a freeze frame of as the clock goes to zero. There are five Rangers on the ice, leaping for joy, and Larmor's finishing a hit on somebody in the corner. <laughs> yeah, because <yeah. laughs> uh, that's just how Gramps That's how he rolled.
1: I asked so, about that too. I'm like, I'm like, like, what were you doing? He's like, I listen. I couldn't hear a thing because I wasn't letting that guy go until someone grabbed me. <laughs> right. Well,
0: and you know, but that's the other funny thing. You know, the tie between the Hawks and the Rangers. Mike Keenan, you know, yeah. I coached him in Chicago, coached him with the Rangers. And when I talked to him. About a month ago, I, I you know I talked to him about Mike Keenan, a guy who uh, there I mean he makes Mike Babcock look like freaking Adam Sandler. Uh, let's just keep it real here. Uh, this is a guy who would staple Jeremy Roenick's butt to the bench for a week at a time, kind of a guy. He'd pull his goalie after one bad goal and then not talk to him for five days. Um, you know, but but Larmer was was an old school guy, and he was like, he made me better. He pushed me. And uh, and I think that that's you know it's it's an interesting thing. And you also pointed out that you know there were so many guys that were on those great Edmonton Oilers teams in the '80s with him in New York too. You know the the Glenn Andersons of the world. That you know they, there was a pedigree there. Mm. And unfortunately for Larmer in Chicago, you know those Oilers teams were kind of the the end of the postseason road. Times than than the other way around, so kind of a it, it, it was probably a little awkward and, and surreal, but um, but you know for him to be able to skate with them for a coach that he had in Chicago and finish the job, um, you know I think for fans of his like the two of us it was certainly validating. I asked him if he felt that it was validating, and he said, you know, I, I don't know, like not re- maybe not really. Um, didn't really have like a feeling that he needed to have a ring to, to put the cherry on top of the Sunday. But, you know, from everything that he was able to do in New York uh, and what he was able to contribute, I think that that was a trade that really worked out exceptionally well for both sides uh, with the Hartford Whalers Mm -hmm. facilitating it. Um, But yeah, it's uh, there's really no good reason. And I can't come up with, even, you know, anything other than the emotions of the departure uh, and the way that he left uh, for a good reason why 28 would not be hanging from the rafters at the United Center right now.
1: Yeah, that trade also, uh, Nick Kiprios was on that trade too. And so yeah. that was that was a big trade. And then obviously the, the connection with Keenan and coming to New York um, and having, you know, a lot of Chicago guys there before Laura even got there. You know, we had Hudson was on the team. Gilbert was on that team. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was there early, and then the the trade, obviously the last big trade the Rangers made with Chicago, you can say, was a deadline deal with, like you said, with Mateau and Brian Noonan for Tony Amante. So, if history repeats itself, Patrick Kane could be the you know the the missing link here for the Rangers to go back and win a cup again.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it you know you look back through the, through the years, and th- there have been some nickel and dime. Transactions over the years, but I think when you look at how, I think the greater scheme of things. I think the Mateau Noonan deal, um, not certainly of the consequence of Larmer ending up there. I think Larmer had, you know, some really good moments in in New York before ultimately calling it a career. But what you what you care about at the end of the day is winning, and when Mateau can give you that signature moment and one of the most legendary. Calls in the history of hockey broadcasting, and like we said, and and Larmers out there with Messier killing the last. It felt like three hours, but whatever it was, forty two seconds that they were on the ice together, just grinding away, blocking shots, and doing anything they can to get it away. Um, if if you can do that, it's totally worth it. So uh, you know, I'm you know hopeful that Patrick Kane can author a, a similar moment to. Uh, probably more what Mateau did because he scored a goal than Larmor hitting someone <laughs> in, in in the corner and, and, and blocking shots and defending well, respectfully. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's uh, it, it's kind of fun to walk back through the history of Rangers-Blackhawks transactions because there's there have been some interesting ties there throughout the history of the two organizations.
1: Yeah, there definitely has been. Well, Tab, thanks so much for jumping on with us. It was great to talk with you. And uh, and one day our quest to get Steve Larmor in the Hall of Fame will hopefully happen.
0: Yeah, uh, you know we'll we'll just keep uh, you know banging the drum for uh, 28 to get his time in in Toronto, and uh, you know it, it, we'll, we'll see. You know that a lot of the committee that votes on that stuff turned over this year. There's some guys now. Uh, you know, Lanny McDonald played against him a little bit. Joe Sakic's on that committee now, and he played against him a little bit. So. We'll see if maybe some younger blood on, on that committee maybe uh, brings him up with more earnest in the conversation. But uh, we'll just keep pointing out that he should be in there on social media and writing the, writing the stuff about his credentials and hopefully somebody reads it somewhere that can actually make a decision on it and gets that thing done. Because there's, it, there's really no good reason for him to not be in the Hall of Fame either when you look at the history of the NHL and right wings that were a point per game for over a thousand games.
1: Right, mean, yeah, pretty and, much. Yeah, him I mean, and
0: Theo Fleury that aren't that are retired and eligible that aren't in.
1: Now I had Theo on the on the podcast as well, and he is not shy about saying he should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unlike unlike Steve, who is like, oh, you know, if I get in, I get in. I, I appreciate you know. Guys like yourself that want me in there, blah, 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 you know, very humble about it. Theo will let you know I want to be and, in And and Steve hall of will fame. tell
0: you very quickly that he's in the Hall of Fame in
1: Peterborough. The, there uh, you go. Yeah. Th- th- you that's go. his
0: deflection. It's uh I'm in the Hall of Fame and in in and in, in the Peterborough Sports Hall of Fame. Um, but he should be in the hockey hall of fame in Toronto and we're gonna keep banging the drum until somebody figures it out and puts him in there.
1: Yeah, well, thanks so much for coming on, buddy, and hopefully this uh, pick turns into a first-round pick for you. That's what I'm rooting for.
0: It, uh, it would be nice for, for you guys to get another trip to the dance, but look, that Eastern Conference slate is not going to be easy. No, um, And, you know, it's going to be really interesting because last year I looked it and I'm like, you know, Colorado looks like they're going to just roll over and wake up in the morning and be ready to go in, in the Stanley Cup final from the West. And I don't think the West is as much of a pushover this year as, as maybe it was last year, but whoever gets out of the East might be so beat up that they, they might not have a lot left in the tank to go after a team that gets out of the West. So it, I mean, it's going to be physical. It's going to be fast. It's going to be, uh, you know, knock down, drag out hockey. You've got some guys that are going to hit people. You've got some guys that are going to block shots. You've got some really tremendous goaltending uh, and, only one team out of that incredible conference is going to get to play for, for a cup. So uh, I am hopeful that uh, the Rangers are able to get to the at least the conference final and do that dance, if not play for the whole dang thing. Because I think it would be really fun to see another ticker tape parade in New York City. Oh man,
1: will it be fun? I I dream of that day. I dream of that day coming on. I can't. I can only dream of uh, being there at the Canyon of Heroes. Watching the Rangers float on by and hopefully seeing Patty Kane sitting there with a big smirk on his face.
0: Getting ready to move back to Chicago. Getting ready taking to move pray. back to Chicago. T- yeah. taking, some, taking some pressure off Anthony Volpe. <laughs> <laughs> Something to talk about other than the 20 year old starting shortstop for the Yankees.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Well, I we got Aaron, you know, we got uh, Aaron Rodgers too here on sports radio. So that's an everyday oh, occurrence and, until oh. he comes to the Jets. But yeah, Volpe's been. Pretty big, and obvious, uh, you know, the Mets gearing up and now they're starting pitching, so there's a lot of excitement here. I know you cover baseball too, there, so uh, a lot of excitement. With the yeah, I'm I'm a I'm Yankee City, fan, so
0: if New York City could pay us back for renting Patrick Kane by getting Aaron Rodgers the hell out of our division, that would be great.
1: <laughs> by the way, Anthony Volpe, Ranger fan, note that
0: yeah, he seems like a really good kid, and yeah. it's it, it's You know, with with some of the rule changes in baseball without going down a rabbit hole and and digging into the diamond too much, um, it seems like the rule changes in baseball that incentivize teams to give jobs to the best players Mm -hmm. and not have guys coming up in, like, August for a cup of tea but starting the season, it drives me nuts that you've had rookies of the year come up, like, the 1st of June and – you know, you, really the race starts at the Fourth of July because all the guys that are called up that are going to get called up play a full season. I don't care if you're nineteen or or twenty five uh, and get the best players on the field and having a signature marquee team in the New York Yankees hand the job to a young player like that is pretty heady stuff uh, and you know I hope that he's able to ignore the Youngest since Derek Jeter playing the same position as Derek Jeter in the city of Derek Jeter. Ignore all of that and just go out and play some ball because it seems like he's a good kid. So
1: that's the biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, the, is the know, Jeter it, comps, it w- the Jeter comps are the one thing he's gonna get by. That's the that's the big thing, and, and that'll unfortunately be for any shortstop for the Yankees.
0: I mean, look. I think people took for granted how well Didi did replacing him, but the uh, I think it would be it would cert. I think if you ask. People in management with the New York Yankees, if they were on board with Aaron Rodgers getting traded at the draft and the Rangers going on a run to take some of the headlines <laughs> and have idiots like Carton talking about hockey and football <laughs> instead of Volpe going 0-3 on a Tuesday afternoon, I think that they'd probably sign up for that all day, every day.
1: <laughs> so, they you know, guarantee hope, they here, would. <laughs>
0: here's hoping the New York Rangers can throw Volpe a bone here and let him settle in and And start a really long, productive career while while the Rangers are doing something special.
1: And who knows, if the Rangers make a run, maybe it's more money for the NHL, maybe boost that salary cap up for Keandre Miller a little bit as well.
0: You know, that that would be a nice byproduct. I think they just need to go sign another random, officially licensed whatever deal. You know, we've got (laughs) BioSteel. Maybe maybe go get like an officially licensed, like, Fan company that gets the stink. There's nothing in the world that gets the stink out of a hockey locker room. But go get a deal with like a box fan company, <laughs> and and and, th- and get get the hockey related revenue through up up by getting a box fan deal. You know, get the stink out of your car with a box fan. Box thing. fan. Who knows who? Febreze. go Febreze, Febreze. perfect, yeah. Go get a deal with Febreze, the official stank eliminator of the NHL. Even though there's no Febreze in the world that can get hockey stink out of anything.
1: Anything, anything. Absolutely nothing, especially if you leave in your back of your car for a day, you're done.
0: Oh, God forbid when it's hot outside.
1: Oh, absolutely done. Absolutely done.
0: Burn the car.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. All right, Tab. Thanks so much for jumping on, buddy.
0: Absolutely. Good chat with you.
1: Thanks so much, Tab, for jumping on the show. That was awesome talking with him. I've been wanting to get him on. I've been wanting to get a Chicago perspective on the Keane trade. And, um, yeah, like he said, I mean, it seems like he really meant it. Like Keane really meant, like, he didn't know what he wanted to do. And, obviously, it's tough for a guy who's played for so many seasons on one team. And, you know, like, like Tab said, he's going to go down as either, a, you know, the best player of all time in that franchise or at least a top, you know, a top three player for that team. So, um, it's going to be tough for any athlete to move on from a legacy you built to go try somewhere new. But who knows? Hopefully, the same for Steve Lormer. After all those years with Chicago, he comes to the Rangers and wins the Cup in his first season. Hopefully, the same thing happens for Patrick Kane and he can deliver in the postseason. I think a guy with his postseason pedigree, I mean, he's always a great player in the playoffs. And to have him come in as a motivated guy. With this young team around him, I think he's going to get energized already. He's got eight points in 12 games the Rangers. I just think the Kane pickup was great. Tara Sanko's been really good, but the Kane pickup, to add that in, and I know there was a lot of roster BS and getting him under the cap there, but um, I think it was, it's going to all be worth And I think he's going to be a really big player for the Rangers in the playoffs here. So I uh, can't thank Tab enough for jumping on. And that does it for episode 125 of the Broadway Hab Podcast. Make sure you go and follow the show on social media on Twitter and I'm sorry, on Facebook and Instagram at the Broadway Hat Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Broadway Hat Pod. You can find us on find my personal Twitter account at and Y. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts as well. Every five-star review, a dollar is donated to Alex's Lemonade Foundation. So make sure you go on there, take one more money a day, help an amazing cause fight pediatric cancer and leave us a five-star review. Make sure you go and follow the show on Spotify, leave us a five-star review there. You can also find the show on Google Play. Uh, Amazon Music, Pandora, Spreaker. Anywhere you get podcasts, you can find us there. Make sure you also subscribe to the show on YouTube where we post full episodes and clips of the show. And we have a lot of great stuff coming on our YouTube channel, so make sure you go and follow us there as well. And thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.